You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. We want to inspire you to be in your financial front seat by knowing what you own, what you owe, how to reach your goals, and by having an annual checkup. Learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, everybody, it's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money. I have been excited about the possibility of this show for, gosh, almost a year, I guess, because that was when I met Sheila Nevins. We were both asked to do this informal focus group for Alan Alda and some research that he was doing on women in communications, and nobody says no to Alan Alda. So we both showed up, and I had the ability to sit next to her and hear a little bit about her work and her life and her career and this book that she was working wow, on. Oh, I this, wish I'd had you when I published it. I, this, I mean, come with me wherever I go, Jean. I, I will. <laughs> I will. So for those of you who don't know, Sheila Nevins has been the president of HBO Documentary Films. She is a longtime executive producer. She's made 1,500, more than 1,500 documentaries for HBO and Cinemax and has more Emmy Awards than anybody I think I have ever heard about. She has received 32 Primetime Emmy Awards, 35 News and Documentary Emmys, and 42 George Foster Peabody Awards. And your documentaries have won 26 Oscars. And to top it off, you decided to write a best-selling book. Right. What's left? What is left? There's nothing left. The book is called You Don't Look Your Age and Other Fairy Tales. And for those of you who are listening who haven't read it yet, and I say yet because we hope they all will, you should know it's a collection of essays. It's short stories. It's poems. And they're not just about your life. They're about other women in your life. And I didn't think I understood that going in. So why this approach? It's a good question. I think because I've spent my life really working on documentaries where I have not been part of the story, it was very hard to tell stories totally in the first person. I needed to duck and hide and sometimes exaggerate. Um... And so I've always thought, you know, that somewhere between fiction and fact, I feel comfortable. I think fiction based, all fiction is probably based on fact. All narrative is probably based on true stories on some level, even probably science fiction. But I was uncomfortable with certain stories. And so I felt freer to write them when I gave them to characters that I thought they could belong to better than they could belong to me. It's so interesting to hear you put it that way. I'm I'm working on a book about women and money right now that is more personal than anything I've ever written. Why? And did you I, grow up with money? Do you no, have money? I, well, I love I have money. More, I absolutely love money. I am so glad to hear you I mean, you I love that. money. What I wish everybody about? had it. <laughs> because all my life I didn't have it as a kid. And so the fact that I don't... I, this is my goal before I'm dead, okay? Mm-hmm. Will you come with me? Uh, sure. Okay. I want to go into Missoni on Madison Avenue. I want to lose 15 pounds before then. I want to go in and I want to not look at the price tag. And I want to say, I'll have that skirt, have this beautiful skirt, and I'll get that top, that scarf, 
and then I just give them the credit card, and it won't. They won't call back and say you're overdrawn. And I'll take it home, and I'll say cut off the price tags. It's a gift, and she'll say who's the gift for? And I'll say for myself. I have these kind of fantasies. Isn't that horrible? No, it, no, I don't think it's horrible. Because but I pass what? that store all the time, and I don't have the guts to go in it. And I, I could, what? but I don't. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. I, because I don't think anything is worth. Look, I just showed you my bag from TJ Maxx. Well, that's right? what I was going to say. Sheila yeah. walked into the studio and <laughs> saw that Hayden and our our listeners all know Hayden because she does our consumer help segment. Right. They saw that Hayden actually had the same bag that you had, and you said, "Oh, who shops at TJ Maxx?" So <laughs> it it's a little bit of a disconnect, right? But I have those same sorts of thoughts that I I want to take my mother. To who loves handbags? Right. To Judith Lieber. Yes, or Celine, or Chloe, or somewhere where, and just say pick something. But she won't. She won't, and I won't take her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take her. Okay. I'll give you my cell number. I'll take her. Okay. I could more do it for someone else than I could do it for myself. It's not that I don't think I deserve it. God knows I've worked my whole life. There's just what something is worth fundamentally, a garment is a shroud of some kind, and there's a limit as to what it's worth. And even though I will one day do the Masoni thing, probably after I get a terminal diagnosis of some kind, I haven't gotten that (laughs) diagnosis yet. And I think that I think it's not worth it. I know that I'm paying the rent. Mm -hmm. I know I'm paying the, you know, the falala of of the name, but I know that I don't need it for the cold or the warm or the... I don't, I don't need it. And some, you know, I'm not a socialist. Don't get me wrong. But I, I feel as if it's unjust. So, But I think once in every lifetime, you have to buy something you can't really and shouldn't buy. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Once, just once. I, I, will you come with me? I will come with you. Okay. And I will, you know, the last time I, I did that. <gasps> You've done it already? I have done did it. Did you get a bad diagnosis? No, I got a check from my divorce. Oh! <gasps> How exciting. It was exciting. Was it, uh, you uh, do you want to give it to me? The check or, yeah. the, or the bag? I actually well, I don't want the guy. Bag. I definitely don't want the guy. <laughs> he's but a good guy. He just no, wasn't not. the right guy for me. No, he is. He's a good guy. He do just, you get a check? This was a settlement check or you yeah. get a check every month? No. The, no. This no. was one this check. Was, this was one and done. And You can't discuss the number, can you? No, I'm not allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I, can I know. She looks so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're so happy that I know it had to be a number of numbers. No, it, it actually, it was... Was it enough to go to Missoni and buy the outfit that I want? I doubt it. No, I, it probably was enough to buy the outfit, but once. You know, it wasn't... Once. I didn't say I'd go again. Yeah. I'll take it. Okay. okay. All right. Deal. Absolutely. So, back to the book for okay. just a second, yes. although this is probably more fun, but we can come back to it if we okay. decide that we want to. Okay. I want to talk about feminism. You mentioned this need to pay rent and need to buy electricity and need to buy clothes and need the money to live at a point in time in your life when you were young and money was not as plentiful. It wasn't there. And you said it didn't leave you enough time to be a feminist. Not exactly in that way, but I think it didn't leave me enough time to fight for what maybe was my due as a woman. I needed a job. So I needed a job to pay the rent. I didn't have the luxury of, I don't know how to say this, I, you know, I don't want to me too myself out of a job, I or not me too myself out of a job. I didn't have the luxury 
to evaluate behavior by bosses, men, and sometimes women. I only had the desire to get paid. I really did. I got paid, and I always said thank you. And I noticed before they made direct deposits at HBO, every time they'd come down the hall with the little wagon on mm -hmm. Thursday and they'd stop by my office, I would always run out to get my check. I've worked there for 35 years. You'd think at some point I'd trust the guy to come in to give me the check or whoever, the woman, whoever was pushing the cart. But I would go to the door to get the check to be sure that I had the check. So I think, you know, maybe I have um, MTSD, money, post-traumatic stress when it comes to money. I have very peculiar relationships to money. Well, I'm overly generous. I do stupid things. I buy people. I exaggerate gifts. I never think I'm paying anybody enough. It's so disturbed. Where does that come from? I think my father was a postman and a gambler. My mother was had all kinds of disabilities. You know, I lived on the Lower East Side. I'm old. You're not so old. I am old. I'm in my late 70s. I'll be 80 in two years. Will you come to my party? I will absolutely will come to your party. Will you bring me a money gift? And I, I was going to say, you, I, 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 you want me to bring you? I'm a very good gift giver. You I are? mean, I am a very good gift well, giver. Well, after you give all your friends my book, then give me that check you got from me. Okay. <laughs> But I won't ever disclose the amount. I'll okay. take anything. Okay. But, I, you know, I think when you grow up without money, excess disturbs you. It just disturbs me. I can't explain it. It just disturbs me. It's not that I, you know, I'm wearing rags. But I tend not to change my clothes. I mean, I don't buy expensive things. I'm not really interested. Um, or maybe I don't permit myself to be interested. So what do you make of the, the national conversation that we're having today? And about the, women? About women, about pay equity about about stepping up and challenging good for, good, I think it's good for them. I think it's great. I think it's great. It may be a little excessive, but it's it's great. I think a lot of good men maybe have fallen by the wayside who made a few mistakes. I know I'll be killed for that, but I, I actually do think that. But um, absolutely pay equity. Absolutely get your hands off me. But not in 1960 when I was working. Well, getting not... a job in media, you expected to earn less. And getting a job in media meant that you had to accept, you know, hands on your tits and hands on your rump and maybe even more. That was it. Those were the rules of the game. It's like a language. It's a different language now, and I'm happy people speak it. I did not speak it. I didn't know I could learn it, and I didn't know I had a right to learn it. But I think I'm a very fair representative of a woman in the 60s, just like Mad Men. Maybe I was Mad Woman. You don't see anyone making that series, do you? No, although Lynn Povich tried. And what happened? It failed? Well, I think so, right? I mean, that I was Good Girls, Good Girls Revolt was That's the story. That's not the one that's wrong, but, the, but I think this is 60s, you know. Was the women at Newsweek? Oh. Well, I'm talking about television. I think there are a lot of shows that would have hit the dust had there been this move, movie, movement then. You know, I think it was the behavior of my time, and it was—it uh, didn't scar me. In retrospect, maybe I should have pulled away, but I needed a check. I wanted to pay my rent. I mean, money is money. We live in a capitalist economy. We have to earn money to pay our rent, to buy our toothpaste, to go to the dentist, and as you get older, to get your teeth capped and get your face lifted and do all the phony, <laughs> disgusting things that women do to themselves. But 
It's about money. It is. I'm so sorry. I, I feel so horrible saying it. I want to say it's about, you know, I don't know. I want to be more moral about it, but I can't be. Well, I think that and the attitude that we always take here, the attitude I think I've, I've always taken, it's not that money is the thing. It's that money is the thing that allows you to do and accomplish everything else that you want to accomplish. It also allows you to talk back. Yep. If you have enough money in your hand, in your palm, in the bank, then you can say no. As a woman, you can say, I don't think that's a good idea, risking losing your job. You can say, you know, Joe, it seems to me Joe is doing less work than I am, and he seems to be earning more. How do you know? I know. I was told. I mean, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. A lot of people still can't do it. Really? I mean, that's, yes. I mean, a lot of people... Well, I'm sorry for them because they have the backing now to do it. They should have more balls. They should go forward. They have human resources. They have all sorts of legal devices. They can ruin a man's life like that. Um, I didn't have that chance. <laughs> in the book, there's an essay entitled Advice to Women in a uh, Male-Dominated Workplace. And you list 10 rules mm-hmm. by a former senior vice president at a leading women's magazine. She is not named. But rule number eight says... Learn not to ask directly for more money, but mention, and I don't speak French, so en passant, is that how you say it? In, in passing, just in passing, casually. Mention like, you know, in passing that a fellow male employee right. at your level got a well-deserved raise and that you were very happy for him. Is that is that the right approach at this time? No, but that was the right approach at that time. No, that's not the right approach. Um, I think you just simply say, I want to... I want pay equity. Uh, But, you know, you have to be good at what you do. No question. Just because you have a vagina doesn't mean you're entitled to, uh, you know, everything in the world. You have to be as good as the person, whether he's male, female, dwarf. You know, I don't care where he comes from. You have to be able to do that job as well to ask for parity. You can't just ask for pay parity because you're a woman. Right. You know, some women are not good at what they do. Some women are just not good, and some are better than the guys. So they should get more. Parity is a troublesome word because sometimes you deserve more. When you were... A child. A manager? No, as a manager of a lot of people. I mean, you've managed a Mm -hmm. lot of people. How did you make the decision about who got more? Competency, ability, prior job salaries, um, what the traffic would bear... But never based on sex, never based on anything other than abilities. Um, And sometimes people lost out, and they could easily say, well, she didn't want me because I was a woman or because I was, you know, three feet six or whatever. I I don't think that ever entered anything except, can they do my job better than I can? Will they make my job easier because I'm giving blood? You know, (laughs) will someone transfuse me, um, and what are they worth to the company, to me? maybe to me, to the company, and um, can I get them that salary? Because I think that's an important perspective that we don't get enough. You know, I mean, it, asking somebody who is the boss, what are you valuing? Because that's what I value when I hire people. Like how, how good do they make me look, and how much easier do they make it for me to do Without my job? question. But you know, I once had a boss... Who, who did the opposite. I don't know why he did it. It was really annoying. I had someone that I was trying to get rid of. This goes back a number of years. 
perfectly nice man, but just not up to the task. And he walks into his office, the boss, many years ago, a nameless person. God only knows what company it was. He walks in and he looks at the guy and he says, you should have a bigger office. You should be earning more. And I thought, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, this upsets every apple cart I've been working on. Anyway, that's my story. Well, that's a good, that is a good start, but we are not done with you. Before we Uh-oh. transition into other topics, I just want to remind everybody that Her Money is proudly sponsored by Fidelity Investments. We are working together to encourage all women to be in the front seat when it comes to their financial health. And that's because women are in the driver's seat in so many aspects of our lives, careers, families, and yet when it comes to making decisions about money, too many of us still delegate to somebody else. When it comes to investing, we have to be in the front seat. And that means knowing what you own, what you owe, what your goals are, and having an annual financial checkup. You can learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. And we are happy to be back with Sheila Nevins, author of You Don't Look Your Age and Other Fairy Tales. So you are... I like Fidelity. Yeah, I do too. I'm somehow sponsoring your sponsor. There you go. Do I get paid for that? We will sell a lot of books. No, I don't want to sell books. Fidelity has has often explained things to me that I don't understand. Because I'm about to leave HBO and I didn't really understand the severance and the pension and the rollover. I didn't know. To me, rollover means you go from one side of the bed to the other. (laughs) I didn't really understand it. And this guy, Ryan, at Fidelity, I think this is worth a ton of money, what I'm saying. I think it is. I think it it really is. is. I think think Fidelity should take me to Missoni. I think that's what's really up there. No, but seriously, this guy, Ryan, I don't know who he is. I have his extension. Because at some point, I just said, Ryan, can I have your number directly so you can help me? He was so good to me, and he explained that rollover wasn't something that happens in a bed and that you can't get your pension and your severance at the same time and what my RSUs or whatever that – I don't even know your what that means. Your restricted stock options. I didn't know units. what that meant. He explained it. I didn't understand it. I don't know it. It was like ICU or SOB or DOA. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. But but now you know. I mean, well, I, I mean, I ask him the same questions each time I call. Um, but he's been extremely helpful to me and not condescending. I'm really Which glad. men can be to women. So, um, you know, I'm not sure I really understand it all very well. I'm sure you'll help me later. I'm happy to help. I mean, I really need help, but I, but I think that um, they've been fair. They really have. Not everybody in my life has been fair to me. But this has been fair. And when I wanted a raise, I would always wait till there was like a disaster. Someone was fired and they couldn't afford to leave me and I was youngish. Um, And I would go and ask for a raise. I mean, I always manipulated money in a way that I knew I would get a correct answer. But when it came to the end of my, my career at HBO, which it is now, but certainly not the end of my career, I actually needed things explained to me that I had earned over these long, these many years, and it was explained to me. Well, I think that happens to a lot of people. We say, save, 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 invest, invest, invest. And then there's this other part of the equation, which has to do with taking all this stuff that you have amassed and making it last forever. And but you can't live forever. 
well, as long as you last, right? You you gotta yeah. or your you, kids or your yeah, family or but it's it's another part of the strategy right. that doesn't get explained until you no. And also, if you, you die, you want to know what happens to this money. Where does it go? Who gets it? You know, how do you figure out a beneficiary? What if the beneficiary dies? How many? Th- these are things that are very important. I cannot believe that I'm having economics 101 with you, but. I mean, did you drive me to this, or did I come to it by nat- you, sort of you, naturally? You led me there. I, I just took followed. you there. You did. I did. You did. Do you want to know about my Christmas club savings when I was 10 and 11 and 12? No, I want to know about your facelift. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, the money that I had in my Christmas club when I was 13, I took out, and I paid Dr. Baker for my facelift with all those pennies. At age 56, he said. Yeah. Now, I'm 53. I'm 78. Well, I'm I'm 53, and the rest of the I'm women so here are in there. They're in their 20s, so we can just be sorry oh, for them. Poor things, but poor little girls. My conversations now yes. with my friends. Your face looks fine. You're too young. Uh, thank, thank you. But they everybody's getting their eyes done. So many of my friends are getting their eyes done, and and every they say it starts with the eyes. It's got to start with the eyes. I want to know why. Well, I read or about— how much? I guess on this show you want to know how much. No, because New York <laughs> prices are going to freak everybody else in the country oh, out. Yeah. I, I want to know what it did for you, and did it make you feel more confident, and are you glad After you did it? After reading my book. Yeah, I know. I, and are um, you glad you did it? I can't answer that. I don't know. I wish I was the kind of person who didn't want to do it. I wish I could have been the kind of woman who said, it doesn't matter how you look— because I really don't care about clothes except Masoni, obviously. But I, I, I wish I could have been kind of the person who said when I saw everything going, you know, that I could have just said, you know, I'm being hired for my brains. I'm so good at what I do. They're so lucky to have me. I don't need to go through this ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's stupid. I have friends who are dying of, of stage four breast cancer, and I'm doing these superficial things. I wish I wasn't that person, but I am that person. Well, I am that person. I can't help it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, many of us are that person. No, but we shouldn't be. We're part of this ridiculous culture of... You know, who are we fooling? I mean, it's so ridiculous. Go on IMB. Just go on Wikipedia. It's like, what, what, what? I, you know, I just did a podcast with somebody, uh, some strange person, and she wouldn't tell me how old she was. Well, that's baloney. She refused to tell me how old she was. So then I looked it up. You know, you pay $15 and they, they do that public records. And I told her how old she was. But, I mean, it was so stupid. I mean, it's so stupid. You're here for a short time. What does it matter if you're 50 or 70 or 80 or 90? You, you could be finished tomorrow. My friend who's dying of pancreatic cancer is 57 years old. Oh, no. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I said, because I'm so superficial when I saw her, you look so great. You lost so much weight. You look fabulous. <laughs> oh. You're so thin. And you know what she said? Yeah, I've got pancreatic cancer. This is how superficial I am as a person, that losing weight is a sign to me. If it's not emaciated or biafran, it's a sign to me of success. Stupid. Stupid. But we are... The victims. I, I don't, We're I don't, the victims of our time. We are the victims of our time, and I don't think yeah. it's stupid. I just think it's the way it is. Yeah, but it's not right. Why would you cut your face? Right. No, I get Why I, would you do that? Why would you take these eyes that have a whole world? I'm the guilty one, so I can really confess. Why would you take these, these eyes that see all this wonder around you and lift them and fix them and tuck them? Why would you do that? I mean, it's hideous, but I 
did it, and I would do it again. I'm too old. They don't even want to do it anymore. Well, so what is your message for women today when it comes to <laughs> when it no when it comes to beauty when it comes to confidence I you, think be have, braver okay I'll interrupt you be braver than I was you have a, an essay that made us all we passed the book around what was made it? us all stop um, gliding gracefully into gravity yeah I haven't learned how to do it I was a bad skater well let you write and I, I just I want to read this because it's try to read it with feeling okay I, I, okay, okay here comes my college theater go ahead go okay I don't think it's fair to... You read it. No, okay, but I don't know if I can see it without... You know. All right. I don't think it's... Okay, give it to me. I'll read All it. Right. Why should you read my writing? That's give it to me. Give it to me now. All right. Okay. Um, At the bottom. I don't think it's fair to have worked so hard and given up so much time to not have more time. So that's the secret. I'm angry that it's almost over. Just when I understand, I've just begun. It's a feeling that I know so many women share. That we're just getting good at this. And that's when the clock feels like it starts to tick. Yeah. Just when your paycheck has money left over. Yes. It's on the other end. Right. Just when just we when have they call enough you. money. Just when they, call, when they start to call you and you don't call them. When they want you more than you want them. You turn around and you say, holy shit. I'm so, can you say shit yeah, on Yeah, you show? can say okay, that. shit is good. Okay, holy shit, you say, um, it's almost over. That's not right. I mean, they have cars that go without drivers. They have all kinds of things. Uh, you know, you can go to the moon. You, you know, so why can't I just stay one age forever? Because I can't. You can't, and but you may have... Much Some longer time. than you think. Well, I'm not sure. I, you know, it, it could, I mean, people are living a hundred. Yeah, but who wants to be a cruddy old lady that everybody opens a door for? I don't want anyone to open my door. Do you? No. When someone opens my door, I'm insulted. I'm not. You're not? No, I kind of like it. You do? I kind of do. I oh, mean, no, you know. I don't like it anymore. I don't like to be have my coat put on. I don't like, I never did. So maybe I was a feminist even though I was poor. <laughs> I don't think you have to be wealthy to be a feminist. Well, but nobody puts a coat on a man, so why should they put a coat on me? Why should I go before the man? Why? You know, the last time I went before a man, I tripped on the rug and nearly broke my neck. If he'd gone first, he would have fallen. <laughs> so, you know, no, I don't like that. I never liked that. I guess I was born to want to be equal. But so, I didn't play equal until much later in my life. So with all this time that you do have left, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to Miss Sony, not look at the price tag. And have my next boss buy me the outfit, or bosses. By boss, I don't mean men or, or women. I mean someone who pays me. I won't work for free. I just won't. I have loved this conversation. Good. Thank you so Thank much you. for doing this, and I hope you'll come back. I'll always come back, okay. now that I know how to get here. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be right back. laughing the entire time out there. Oh my god, so much fun. So much fun. It's probably going to be one of my favorite episodes to date. I think so. Mm -hmm. uh, and reading her book, which is fantastic. I want to go shopping with her. Oh, me too. <laughs> I want to kind of do everything with Sheila. I think it would. we would just be laughing the entire time. But reading her book, it 
reminded me, especially when it comes to aging and this idea of, you know, aging gracefully and how you approach it. And my grandmother, who is 94 now. You're so lucky. Yeah, I know. I really am. Beautiful skin. And that is because this woman has been spending at least two hours every single day for as long as I can remember since before I was born on face care. Like using Clinique products. She is a probably cradle to grave Clinique user, Mm -hmm. has like every product from Clinique and spends a long time on her face routine, her makeup. She still wears makeup at this age. And I remember being little asking her, like, you know, when are you going to stop wearing makeup, Grandma? Like, why don't you just relax? Like, you don't need to worry about that anymore. And she'd always be like, one day, one day, like when I'm 80 or when I'm 85 or when I'm 90. And she's still wearing it. So, you know, it's just amazing to me, like what Sheila's saying, like, why are we like this? I know. I know. And and it's true. I I have these conversations with my friends, especially we're out for a walk, out for a run, and it turns to this. And do I want to get my eyes done? Not especially. I don't really like pain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no. No, but there is this, you know, there's this feeling of, well, if you want to stay on television, if you want to if you want to stay relevant, then you have to do things to keep yourself looking young. Yeah. And she's right. It's awful. But it is kind of true. It's kind of true. And then I was telling her out there, like, if it makes you happy or if it'll make you happier, then by all means, like, that's the best return on maybe one of these pricey and painful procedures. But, you know, I also hear the argument of, like, okay, you fix this problem that you think you have. And then there's another problem. So then it does it come back down to how you ultimately feel about yourself? Is it inside that you need to work on more so than the outside? So I don't know. But as someone who's like, you know, trying to approach aging with um, as much grace as possible, it's interesting to have these, like hear these conversations. It is. It is. Yeah. Rose water and glycerin was my grandmother. My mother tells this story about how my grandmother had the most amazing skin. Now, she didn't live as long as your grandmother. Actually, this was not my grandmother. This was her grandmother, my mother's. And that's what she used. She used rose water and glycerin. Glycerin's like a a thin form of Vaseline, I think. And, um, and... At one point, Julia and I went into like a Whole Foods kind of a place and we bought yep. some of this stuff and it was kind of amazing. It felt a little slippery. But really? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so, I might look into that. So not not a lot of Clinique bottles, but that rose water and glycerin. Fine. I like the idea of doing all natural products. Yeah. So let's answer some let's questions. Let's do some questions. The first one is from Jillian. Hi, Jean and Kelly. I love your show. Thank you for what you do. I've learned so much. Here's my question. I am a 28-year-old freelance writer running a sole proprietor LLC. I don't make very much money, around 35000 before taxes, but I love what I do. I'm looking for guidance on how to manage and grow my savings. When I worked at a higher-paying job, I was able to save 10000 which is currently in my bank savings account with a 0.01 interest rate. I'm currently able to maintain that savings, but I'm not able to contribute much. I also have a 401k from an old employer that I haven't touched since I left the job almost two years ago. It only has about 2500 in it. I'm nervous about investing in case I end up needing my savings, but I also want to make the most of the savings that I have been able to accumulate. Thank you for any advice you may have. So a couple of things. First, it's 
little contributions made often that count. So with that in mind, open a Roth IRA and start making automatic contributions to it every single month or every other week, if that makes sense to you. Whatever tends to be the same flow as your paychecks. What will happen is you'll start to gain a little bit of momentum, and hopefully that will inspire you to think that you can do a little bit more. The reason the Roth IRA makes sense is that although I don't like to see anybody taking money out of a retirement account, the Roth is flexible enough to allow you to do that. So because you're putting in money on which you've already paid taxes, if you need to get at that money, you can't take out the income, but you can take out the contributions. Mm. And so that, I think, is the best way to go about investing for retirement at this point. As far as the $10,000, it kills me that you (laughs) are only earning Uh, 0.01%. And you can do better. You can't do much better, but you can do better. So go to a website like Bankrate. Look for the best savings rates in your area. You should be able to get about 1.6% at this point. And as interest rates rise, um, you'll be able to get more. And if you put your savings in a place that is offering a competitive interest rate, it will keep pace with that. Last thing that I would say is that occasionally you're going to get a windfall. Maybe you get a tax refund. Maybe you get a birthday check. Maybe somebody hires you to do something and it's a big paycheck. Use those windfalls and try to bank some of those as well. Fantastic. And Jillian, I can so relate on the fear of investing money when you're trying to build your savings. I get it. And you like wait until you have what you think is a safe number in the savings and before you have that confidence to finally, you know, be a little more risky with your money. Right. Absolutely. But yeah. you've got the $10,000, yeah, which is a great emergency cushion. Totally. So you do not have to worry about getting started investing. Awesome. Okay. We'll do one more from Rhonda. And I think this is a really good question that we've seen come through a few times before. My husband and I are in a good financial position. We have retirement savings and have paid off our mortgage and pay all of our credit cards every month. I know. We just have one issue. My tolerance for debt is zero. I want to save all of the money. My husband seems to have a debt tolerance around 10000 Should we just agree to disagree? It is a cash flow issue, really. So do you think she's saying as you parse this question, and Rhonda, I just want to make sure I'm getting to the heart of your issue. Mm -hmm. Do you think she's saying that her husband feels like it's okay to revolve $10,000 on a credit card? I think so. I think, yeah, that's how I read it in that like she feels, I think she feels as if like she wants to make sure that they're paying it off every single month on time in full and he's willing to maybe make some bigger purchases or spend a little more. That they can't pay off in full. Maybe. That month. Mm -hmm. And, okay, here's where I am. I mean, in terms, I don't want to see you carrying a $10,000 debt from month to month to month to month to month. Mm -hmm. You do that for a year at 15%, it's cost you $1,500. Like, that is not okay. What's more tolerable to me is... 
you want to go on a big vacation. You've been doing well. It's going to cost ten thousand dollars. You put it on a credit card. It takes you three months to pay off.、Mm-hmm. I, I am actually fine with that as long as you've got a plan for paying it off. But since you're not fine, you should do what I did when I was planning for my fiftieth birthday trip to Hawaii, which is pay for it ahead of time. So you know that this is coming up. Right, you've got a. Nobody goes and takes a ten thousand dollar vacation without some planning. You might buy a ten thousand dollar air conditioner if your air conditioner goes bust and you need to replace it because it's ninety five degrees. That's a different story, and you have to handle that from the back end. But as long as it's an expense that you actually can predict, then. You can save for it in advance. So what I did, because I did not want to see those credit card bills, because Rhonda, I am like you, I just automated some savings into a separate savings account for that vacation, and I had the money to pay it off when it came in. It makes the vacation, I'm assuming, that much more enjoyable because so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it's already dealt with. All the money is dealt with. It's like you have like this fantastic time, and then you come back to the bills. That's me so far on all my big trips that I've taken. Like it's been the situation that you said of like putting it on the card and then paying it off when you get back. The idea of like coming back to zero bills. It's really nice,、Sounds、and as Sheila、nice. Nevins was saying、mm-hmm. when she wanted to talk about her Christmas club, yes, right. This is the Christmas club. This, this is the is Christmas, the Christmas club. club approach to vacations、mm-hmm. or to fortieth birthday parties or to other things where you know you're going to have to pay for this, but you don't want to face the debt. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys have really good habits as it is. So to your point of you know. For the big expense that you know you're going to pay off shortly thereafter, like it doesn't sound like you guys have the problem of like doing multiple expenses that you just you leave to let grow with interest.、Yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much for your questions, and thank you, Jean. Thanks, Kelly, and thank you so much for joining me today on Her Money. Thank you to Sheila Nevins for an unbelievable conversation. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We love hearing what you think. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. Our music is provided by Track Tribe, and our show comes to you through PRX. Join us next week when we will be back with another great guest.